Good morning, good evening, good night, no matter what time you are listening to this. This is Twila Grace and this is the Thirsty Bible Group Podcast. Listen, welcome back. I know it's been a while, but we are catching on up because in the background, Thirsty Bible Group has been going strong. What you have just clicked play on is Daniel 10. I want to encourage you to go and check out our YouTube channel as we now have a YouTube channel. And this Daniel 10 podcast actually does have a YouTube video version because in this teaching, I use quite a few video references from other speakers and pastors. So if you'd like to see the visual side of it, then head over to at Thirsty Bible Group on YouTube. If you want the audio, stay tuned and listen to Daniel 10. All right, so today we are looking at the book of Daniel 10. So just for the record of those who are joining us for the first time, we do record our sessions. Um, so without further ado, I want to start our study today by first of all introducing the topic, which is that he has come because of your words. He has come because of your words. You may have already seen that on the flyer. Um, and, and the he is really God himself. Obviously, when we read Daniel, we'll see the angel appears to um, Daniel and says, I have come because of your words. So we are speaking of an angelic being coming because of what you have been saying. We are speaking about God coming into your situation, into this season of your life because of your words. So I just want to throw it out there that your words are powerful and you have to watch what you say. Your words are extremely powerful and you must watch what you say. Without uh, watching what you say, it may be that you run into a situation where God now comes and visits you uh, and says, hey, what's going on? Um, I would rather have a visitation from God because the words that I speak have encouraged him to come and, you know, uh in in a good in a good way rather than in a what i'm trying to say what i'm trying to say is i would rather watch my words to the extent where my words move god to visit me to bless me rather than to judge me the judgment of the lord is not something that um we really want to bring upon us so daniel has this experience with the angel And his first words with him is that he has come because of his words. So I'm going to play quite a few uh, videos as we go along. But before I go into the videos, I've got some questions that I really think for those who are taking notes, write these down because they will really help cement what we're talking about today in Daniel 10. So the first question I want to ask, and also I I want this session to be as interactive as it possibly can. So um, because we've got so much to go through, please listen clearly, carefully. And when I give you a scripture and say, please, can you get ready to read this? Make sure you look it up. If you have to use your phone, go for it. But we really don't want to spend too much time because we're 
already 13 minutes into our session and we've got a whole lot to cover. But I really want us to get into the meat of today. So I have like nine questions and each question is pertaining to the nine chapters that we've looked at before. So the first question is taken from the whole theme that is shared within Daniel chapter one. And the second question is taken from the whole thought that is shared in Daniel chapter two and so on and so forth. So for question one, those who are writing notes, it would be good to write these down because the whole point of reading through Daniel is so that we walk away with a template to follow through with our own lives and not see it as, oh, it's just a Bible story as we have been talking about. So question number one, I'm asking every single person who's on this uh, conference call today. Question number one, what is in your heart? What is in your heart? Um, Leo, if you could find Daniel chapter one, go to Daniel chapter one, verse eight. And then Kaluvi, please go to Jeremiah 17 and nine. And then Wupe, please go to Jeremiah 17 and 10. So what I like to do is I like to, the Bible says uh, that at the witness of two or three, a matter is established. So you can't prove that somebody is guilty or not guilty unless you've got at least two witnesses. But the word of God, God says, I have placed my word above my own name, which means there's no one who can give God witness other than God himself. So when I'm giving two or three scriptures, they're basically going to end up saying exactly the same because they're witness unto each other. So when I'm giving the scriptures, please go to them, find them quickly, and then we can move on. So the question number one is what is in your heart and this question is for each and every single one of us to examine our own hearts okay so bear that in mind so leo daniel 1 and 8 i think i said kaluvi jeremiah 17 and 9 and we'll paste jeremiah 17 and 10. so i wonder if can you read that for me leo please all right, sure. So the Bible says in the book of Daniel 1, this is 8. Yeah. But Daniel, yes, the Bible says, but Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Can I continue? Oh, no, no, just that. That's all I need. In the, the same version, in the King James Version, reads, but Daniel proposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. So he purposed it in his heart to do what? To not defile himself. Who's reading the next scripture? Next person, please, Kaluvi, real quick. Kaluvi. Mm -hmm. All right, Wupe, read yours whilst we're waiting for Kaluvi. Okay, Jeremiah 17, 10. Actually, I, the... 
just read both, please. Okay. Both of them. Okay. All right. Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10. Yes. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. Awesome. Can you read that again? Okay, so 9, Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart yeah. is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Uh -huh. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. Okay, I want us to quickly uh, know that Daniel chapter 1 is about Daniel and his friends being captured. The king basically wants to take away all of what they've been brought up doing in Israel. They, he wants to take away their culture, their belief, the food they eat. Um, if you have been in, in, in school, like most of us, whether it be history or whatever, you may have come across the words colonialism and imperialism. So a colonialist is someone who's basically trying to overtake a country and uh, overpower it and take a country that may subdue it. They're trying to overtake it and, um, and, and take control of their economical uh, economy and uh, their people, their culture. So most of us ha have lived in countries where maybe the Brits colonized. So they brought the British culture into our culture. And I, I bring that in because I see Nebuchadnezzar by the heart of God. God has allowed him to overtake Joachim. That's what Daniel 1 begins. God has allowed him to overtake the, king, the kingdom of Joachim. So in God's heart, he's okay with that. He's permitted that. Remember, we're talking about the heart in Daniel 1. So uh, uh, on, on top of that, in, in, in Nebuchadnezzar's heart, he purposes it. Okay, in order for me to build this powerful kingdom, I need young men who can read. They're good with sciences. Uh, so Leo, if you were living in those days, he would have captured you for your computer science and literacy and he wants you to be part of his empire. Why? Because he's building something. So all of those actions, whether it be God we're talking about or Nebuchadnezzar, those decisions are being made from the heart. So Daniel, when it comes to Daniel and his friends, Leo just read for us where he purposed it in his heart. So when I'm asking the question, what is in your heart? When we start to look at Daniel 10, whatever is in your heart from Daniel 1 is so important, which is why our heart must align. Hey, Zangi. Hey, Jemai. Hey, Sarah. I'm just going to acknowledge a few people. So now, um, as I said, we've got quite a lot to go through. I want you guys to fix your eyes on the screen. I'm going to share a small video that's really going to talk about the heart um if i can allow myself to share things that would be amazing wouldn't it all right cool so so i'm gonna share a video that talks about the heart we're just recapping the journey we've taken in the book of daniel we haven't even started looking at uh daniel 10 yet but i want us to have a recap because all of this stuff will um will make sense when we come to to do this so just fix your eyes on the screen 
listen to what these guys have to say about the heart. For thousands of years, every morning and evening, Jewish people have prayed these well-known words as a way of expressing their devotion to God. They're called the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. And as for you, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. We're going to look at the fourth key word in this prayer, heart, which in Hebrew is sometimes pronounced levav, or more often in a shorter form, lev. Now, different cultures throughout history have had different conceptions of how the human body works, and this is also true of the ancient Israelite writers of the Bible. They knew that the heart was an organ in the chest that sustains life. There's mention of a heart attack in the Bible, Naval, whose heart died inside of him and he became like stone. But the biblical authors talk about the heart in many other ways that might seem strange to modern readers, and that's because these Israelites had no concept of the brain or any word for it. They imagined that all of a human's intellectual activity takes place in the heart. For example, you know with your heart in the Bible. Your heart is where you understand and make connections. In the book of Proverbs, wisdom dwells in the heart. And your heart is what you use to discern between truth and error, like Solomon did when he was king. So the heart is where you think and make sense of the world, and it's where you do more. In the Bible, the heart is where you feel emotions. You feel pain in your heart, like Hannah did when she couldn't have any children. In fact, the phrase, a broken heart, comes from ancient biblical Hebrew. You also experience fear in your heart. Your heart can melt or be distressed. Your heart can even be depressed. But then, on the flip side, your heart is where you experience joy. In Hebrew, to be happy is to be good of heart, or to have a heart of joy. So the heart is the generator of physical life. It's also the center of your intellectual and emotional life, and there's more. In biblical Hebrew, the heart is where you make choices motivated by your desires. So David had it in his heart to build a temple for God. Your heart is where your affections are centered. They're called the desires of your heart. And if you really want something and go after it, it's like what Nathan said to David, whatever's in your heart, go and do it. So then, in the Bible, the heart is the center of all parts of human existence, as in the well-known proverb, guard your heart because from it flows your whole life. Now the prophet Jeremiah believed that the human heart was fundamentally broken. He said, the heart of a human is deceitful above all, irreversibly sick, who can even understand it? He had watched a whole generation turn away from God. They started sacrificing their children as if that were a good thing. So this is why in the imagination of the Hebrew prophets, the only hope for humanity is the total renewal of the human heart. Moses predicted that if Israel was ever going to love their God, their heart would need to be circumcised, which is a very vivid and surprising metaphor about removing evil and stubbornness from the human heart. David, after he committed murder and adultery, pleads with God to create in me a pure heart. The prophet Ezekiel hoped for a day when God would remove the heart of stone and give his people a new heart of soft flesh, which is very similar to Jeremiah's hope that God would write the commands of the Torah on the hearts of his people. And that brings us all the way back to the Shema. Every day, God's people are called to devote to God their whole body and mind, their feelings and their desires, their future and their failures. This is what it means to love the Lord your God with all of your heart. So are we loving God with all our hearts and our spirit and our minds? (laughs) That's the question. That is the question. Someone has just messaged me saying they want to be a part of the Bible study and I'm right in the middle of the session and I'm just like, Lord Jesus, what do I do? So 
uh, that's going to mess me up. Sorry, apologies. Let me just respond to this person just in case they are able to join. Can you guys still hear me? Yeah. Yes. Okay, that's good. Uh, uh, the heart has got a huge responsibility. Woo. The heart has a. I'm so glad <laughs> that we can see that. It's a huge responsibility that the heart has. All mm -hmm. right. So um, the next thing we looked at in Daniel 2 was, uh, I have another question. Those of you guys who are, who are just joining us now, we're just doing a quick recap of all the chapters that we've looked at previously. And before we even go into Daniel 10, because I think that everything that happens in Daniel 10 has been built up as we've uh, gone through. So if those who are writing notes, the question, the first question was, I've got nine questions to get through, help me Jesus. The first question is, what is in your heart? And we just looked at that. And we read through Daniel 1 and 8, where Daniel has purposed in his heart, I am um, not going to uh, eat of this food. Jeremiah 17 and 9 and uh, 10, please read through that. Um, God is talking about how he searches the heart. So if we want to really assess what is going on with our lives, we really must uh, look into the, that introspectively. The second question I have is, is it true that what you don't know can't hurt you? That's a question I would actually like us to dive into. I just want a few people to answer that. So I'm sorry if I'm going to sound forceful, but I want us to go through today's study. I don't really want to leave anything I was given. I want to share everything I was given. So the question is, is it true that what you don't know can't hurt you? What you don't know won't kill you? So if I pick on you, please, can you just give me an answer? So uh, hold on one moment. So the persons I would like to uh, give an answer to that question are Sarah Goma and Notando. Think about that for a moment before you speak to us. But Jumai, Nancy, please could you go to Daniel chapter 2, verse 17 and nine, to 19. So after the girls give us an answer, Nancy, please read Daniel chapter 2, verse 17 to 19. And then if I could have, who else is on this call? Zangi, could you please read Proverbs 4, 5 to 9? I want this as interactive as possible, but when you get your scripture and your question, please find it quickly so we can move on. Question two is, is it true that what you don't know can't hurt you? So who's answering, Sarah and somebody else? Sarah, go <laughs> what you don't know can't hurt you yes and no um there's 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 two ways i think with this question um because lack of knowledge like the bible says my people perish for the lack of knowledge so if you do not know things that are important right. you can also perish you can also lose out you can uh you, you make decisions um with false information or you know what i mean and we see it in the world anyway yeah. where false is almost turned to be truth but that's not the truth because people don't know 
you know yeah. i can come to your culture let's say i can come to your culture um with my knowledge of being congolese or whatever of how things are done but since i don't know how things are done in your culture i'll just go ahead and do what i think you know yeah everybody else does but but because of the lack of knowledge i will miss out or i will not experience the benefit or eat of the benefit because i have i lack knowledge of course there's also the other side also is some things um we have to watch out for um that you know you do not welcome your your soul to to perceive to to take in so uh, with this with this question for me um is yes and no <laughs> so yes uh, yeah. yeah so it's a yes and no um uh, question is like a debatable question this one is is a yes and no and both sides are okay as well uh, because it's like yes you do require knowledge and sometimes no some things are best left or best not you know allowing yourself to open into but there are things that are good or positive or even if it's not good it could be bad but it's good for you to know Sure. So for you to know, right. so you know how to be or how to act. So yeah, amazing. That's actually quite quite amazing. Uh, I've seen your message, Natando, but I love to hear people's voices because I can hear the emotion behind the voice. I don't really like text messages. If you know me, you know I like a good voice note. So unmute your mic, young lady. Speak to me. Let me hear you. What are you saying? Unless you can't for whatever reason, speak, then that's okay. Um, but keep it short, I think, because <laughs> I've got another video coming up. Natando, you want to say something? Nope, I don't think she does. All right, um, I will see if I can read her message. I think she sent me privately, and I can't see that. Fix your eyes on the screen once more. This is a man called uh, John Paul Jackson. Anyone who is into dreams and dream interpretation, make sure Hi. you... Um, hey, Natando. Okay, I'll come back to you after. If you, uh, if you are into dream interpretations, make sure that you look this man up. He's actually solid. His dream interpretation is like Bible-based. He... Um, my mentor, uh, well, I call her my mentor, but you know, Auntie Pauline actually introduced me to her. So when I had dreams, it's like, yeah, he actually goes through a series of how to interpret dreams. In Daniel 2, uh, the question is, is what, is it true that what you don't know can't hurt you? We see the king has a dream in Daniel 2, which disturbs him. The Chaldeans can't interpret it. They're nervous, you know, for their lives because they have a death sentence hanging over their head if they can't interpret it. So the king is also having death of sleep. He, he doesn't have joy. He doesn't have peace because there's no interpretation for this thing. He doesn't know what he doesn't know. So in his search for someone who can please tell me this, we find out that the decree has been made that all the wise men are basically going to be assassinated. They're going to be murdered. Don't want them no more. The king has made up his mind. Daniel gets on the scene and he's like, yo, what's the rush? Like, what's this whole death decree about? And so what we see is Daniel 2, uh, 17 to 19. I'm going to read it quickly because we're running behind time. 
Daniel 2, 17 and 19, it says, Then Daniel went to his house and he made the thing uh, unmuted. Please just check. Daniel uh, 2 and 17, then Daniel went to his house. Okay, that's Nancy. Where are we going? Okay, Daniel went to his house and made his uh, the thing known to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, so they would desire God's mercies on heaven concerning this secret that Daniel and his fellows should not perish. There it is. They should not perish with the rest of the wise men in Babylon. 19, then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. So what was revealed actually saved Daniel's life. Now I want to play you another video that basically shows what happens when you don't know what you don't know. Please fix your eyes on the screen and let's find out. Okay. So in this incredible God that we serve, Satan gives dark dreams, anti-color dreams. He gives no-color dreams, which would be anti-color dreams. God gives brilliant, pure color in dreams. So when you have a dream, then you say, well, what do colors mean? I mean, how do I know? What does red mean? I had red in the dress, and what did that mean? I had a, a blue car that I was riding in. What did that mean? I had, well, that's, that goes in longer than the time we got today. But if you read the scripture, you'll find out why, and a hint is in the colors of the stones and the breastplate of the high priest. Why didn't they use one color for all the tribes? So the key to that is understanding how each tribe was described. Read the blessings given by Jacob over his sons. Read what Abraham said about the future. Read what Isaac said about his son. Read, you start reading, you go, oh, I get it. Okay, so now Jacob was this color, and he had these character traits. And Joseph, or Isaac was, um, and Reuben was this color because he had these character traits. And Issachar was this color because he had these character traits. And Benjamin was this color because he had these character traits. And all of a sudden you go, I know what that color means. It's all in the Bible. We just tend to overlook stuff. We just tend to overlook it. We read it like, what meaning does that have? It has a lot of meaning. Okay, so let's have, uh, let's have a few dreams. And we'll do, see if we can do some right on the spot dream interpretation stuff okay right back here uh right behind you uh, right there yeah you had would you, would you come up here so i can hear you uh, but let me just say this they need to be about a paragraph long we don't have time for sagas and some dreams can be saga like you know long reams of paper uh, 
boil it down to a paragraph, and we'll, we'll kind of go with there. So if you can, and our roving reporter with the microphone will. Well, I'll have a dream, and I don't want to name the individual. Uh, okay. Because it is uh, a prominent pastor. Okay. Um, let me first preface this by saying I had no relational tie. to this particular ministry, and um, this happened maybe less than a year ago. I dreamed that this particular pastor died. Um, for some reason, I was in California, um, where the ministry is, and um, I realized that he had died and I was going to his funeral. Um, for some re weird reason, this pastor was living in what we call the projects, um, I went and peered in the window of his home. Um, his home was beautiful on the inside. At that point, um, his wife and his child or children had, had left. Um, once they heard his death, they just fleed. Um, I remember um, having on, not having the proper clothes um, because it was almost like I was in on vacation for the funeral and I remember getting this really ugly, ugly dress with these multicolors in them <laughs> and going to his funeral. Funeral. When I reached the funeral, um, there were people there, there were spectators there. Um, I remember the casket, the casket was used it was a brown wooden casket. But so not, had, not a new casket. Not a new casket. It had a lot of dings and bangs on it. You could tell it had been used. Um, in my dream, um, a particular star paid for the funeral. And when we went into the church, there were children in the church, but they were deformed mm -hmm. in some type of way. Mm -hmm. um, and I saw the children, some didn't have legs. Um, some were normal, but most of them were deformed. And it was almost, they wanted to perform, I don't know if they were gonna sing or whatever at this funeral. Um, this particular pastors, all the pastors had abandoned them. They did find a pastor to perform the services. And um, that, that dream has just stayed with me for this time. Okay, so you, you didn't see any blood. Right? No, no blood? Okay. Typically in dreams, when you see somebody dying, you see blood, that means they're probably going to die. Uh, when you don't see blood, they, everybody's going to die at some time. But the dream's not about them dying. It's about a whole different issue. So this dream is basically, if I can boil it down to like three or four major points. One, for you. You're in a multicolored dress. That means there is uh, multiple ways that God is going to give you wisdom how to handle what he has just shown you. Because you put the dress on, Right? Okay, so the multicolored dress, multi-wisdom or understanding in the ways you're going to handle the situation. Number two, the children that were there indicate the fruit of what they had been given, fed. So deformity, because they had not been fed the pure food or word. Uh, number two, uh, Laodicea said that they were rich, but they were poor. And the inside of the house says, I'm rich but everybody knows it's poor. And then number three, it basically says one of two things is going to happen. Either the, the, um, that view of philosophy will change or the ministry will not exist much longer. 
That's the essence of what that means. And the star that paid for the funeral basically means that he had attached himself to a natural star, meaning things that are meant to make you look good. So oh, that's the meaning of the dream. Okay? I'm sorry, what? Oh, the casket being used. The casket being used is basically indicates that other men before him have had the same problem. And they all passed away. It all demised. They all had the same end as he had. Yes. What, what do you do with that dream? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. And here's why. Because you'll be given multiple levels of understanding at the needed time what to say. The idea is to stop that perspective and, to ch and be a change agent so that he, he help, it makes a change. So God is going to allow you at, to, at various times to give input into this pastor that will give the best opportunity for change to that pastor. The worst thing you could do is to say something because then if you, dis if you divulge it, you become under the same judgment. See, it's not the judgment, it's not judgment of what he did. It's anything that you have done that is likewise, none of us are holy. None of us are perfect. So anything that we do that is not perfect in God then gets judged because we didn't handle this correctly. So it's very important. Why did God give it to you? Because he thinks you can do it. And I think, if God thinks so, I think so. Okay? Yes. Hi. Um, I'm standing on... All right. So what did we, what did we got, think about that? Any thoughts real quick? Have you learned anything from there? I wanted to mention something. Um, just quickly, in terms of dream, I remember somebody um, said they saw someone using a knife and following them, you know, and this person, um, partly, um, it's actually my brother, and um, he also told me that, um, um, so basically he's not talking to my mom, let's just say, and he already interprets that this person is actually bad and they want to actually kill him people and um not only that i think a pastor on um, fire on on mountain i'm very wary about some churches who are about dreams and you know and they will actually turn family against family because yeah. as soon as you tell them that oh this person was holding a knife following you it could have been something else it could have been a different interpretation so one number one i guess with interpretation we have to the holy spirit for example this man has been blessed with interpretation of dreams not everybody can interpret dreams but we have to be careful when we see something um you know most of the time my dreams come to reality but every everybody doesn't it comes exactly as i see it but not everybody um dream is like that so number one interpretation is it matters a lot yeah that's all i wanted to say and thank you thank you for highlighting that because like you're saying uh, some of these dream interpretations are so off scale you know the bible says we see in part 
the the whole reason of seeing in part is so that I don't I shouldn't have all the answers to everybody's things because that would make me God. God will speak in different signs and like like John Paul at the beginning says God gives bright uh dreams, colors or whatever. It's if if even if it's something horrible that's about to come, the way God would deliver it is in a way of warning. Whereas for the enemy it will be dark, it's non-productive. So when we're talking about dream interpretation, a few things that I picked up from there were in Daniel 2 where the king is frustrated because there's no one to interpret it but the important thing to pick up is wherever you're going to take your dream interpretation to or your vision interpretation to screen it through the word of God because the word of God like Nancy said the Holy Spirit has to be involved because otherwise you will walk away hating your brother who you saw with a knife coming at you when it's actually meant to mean something completely different in the same sense with the dream that we've just um, seen it didn't mean that the pastor was going to have a physical death it was a spiritual death it involved his ministry but there were signs in there and uh, later on in the whatsapp group i'm going to share a few useful resources for example that numbers in the word of god mean something three means trinity which is uh, also the number of resurrection how do i know that the scripture tells me that but i'm not going to go and look at my zodiac sign and try and see what the number nine means for you know all that kind of stuff so where you go to interpret stuff really matters so in, in response to the question is is it true that what you don't know can't hurt you sarah is 100 right it is both yes and no and even in the yes let's be careful where we're getting our interpretation from one of the things you see daniel do in the latter part is when he gets a dream or a vision he's not quick to share it uh, John Paul is telling the woman don't do anything about that dream you're not to go to the pastor and say hey I dreamt about you you died <laughs> no <laughs> the thing is it's about applying wisdom and uh, saying what you need to say at the right time and keeping quiet where you need to keep quiet maybe God is showing you so you could be the change agent but for that particular pastor and his dying ministry and attaching himself to the star he probably is unaware of it, but God has already made a way of escape for him by causing this woman to have a dream. But with it, she's going to have a multicolored dress that will uh, God will show her ways in which, you know, she can influence change in the same way that Daniel was able to influence change in the others. Guys, I really am running behind time. I'm going to whiz through the next part. Um, I'm not going to play some of the videos, I don't think, because we're not even at Daniel 10, but I promise you all of this stuff is useful where we're going. Uh, the third question, which is taken from Daniel chapter 3, whose side are you on? With this one, I'll quickly talk about it. Um, Daniel 3 is where we see Nebuchadnezzar has built a six, 60 cubit a golden image that everybody should bow down to. Now, when I say everybody, I mean people of influence in the land. So he says in Daniel 3, the king uh, basically, where is it? There we go. Nebuchadnezzar the king sent, sent to gather together the prince. So first of all, in Daniel 3.1, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was three six cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits. By the way, the number six 
is on the sixth day, God created man. When you get to the sixth day, biblically, the number six will represent the fullness of man. Okay, that's also the, uh, the, the, that's where you're getting the number 666 to say the fullness of man, the fullness of the beast. So it's, it's interesting that Nebuchadnezzar here creates this golden image made six, 60 cubits high and the breadth of six cubits. So that's two sixes already. When you read further down, he gives an instruction that all the counselors, the judges, everybody, the rulers have to bow down when they hear the music and the six instruments that are measured. Uh, that are mentioned rather. The six instruments are found in Daniel 3 verse 5, which are the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbat, the palsy, and the delsima. So are we saying that music, and I love how Nancy mentioned, I'm very careful of some churches, there's some churches where they say, oh yeah, don't beat drum in here. Wow. Drums can be beat to the glory of God. The, the, the thing behind it is not the instrument that is demonic. It is the spirit behind what you're doing. Like everything else, you can use medicine as a way of knowledge that God has given us to heal people, or you can use medicine to do your acrobatic MacGyver uh, magic stuff, which is way off of the purpose God intended for it to be revealed to man. So here we see Nebuchadnezzar. Remember earlier I was talking about it, you know, in class you may have heard the terms colonialism where somebody is basically taking all your wealth uh, and, and, and taking hold of your economy. Let me tell you, six cubits, when I looked it up, it was basically saying this image was um, 60 cubits is equivalent to 27.43 meters. If you like to measure in centimeters, that's equivalent to 2,743 centimeters high. If you measure in feet, it's 89.99 feet. Now, the average height for a, a female, so those of us who are female on this call, the average height for a female is 1.6 meters. This thing was 27.43. So use your imagination. And it was made of pure gold. So the question I was asking myself, what kind of a king wants to have so much power and show everybody that I'm king? You must bow down to this thing I've created. But he's also uh, decreasing the economy of the country he's leading. Because how much pure gold will it take for you to build 27 meters high of a golden image that you now command that all the rulers of the country, the counselors must bow down? So the question is, whose side are you on? When those in leadership to you create a golden image in your workplace, in school, even in your own home, to say, bow down to this thing, whose side are you going to be on? Will you bow down or will you be like Daniel and say, no ma'am, no sir, no can do? Question number four, for those who are writing down, is taken from Daniel chapter four. The thought in Daniel chapter four is, do you trust the Holy Spirit's track record as the revealer of whole, all hidden truths or have you developed amnesia? That question came from when Daniel, the king, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, I'll read it out to you. Daniel 4, 30 uh, to 31, the Bible says, 
the king spake and said, Is it not this great Babylon I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and of the honor of my majesty? This guy was smoking something. Anyway, 31, while the word was in his mouth, you see God, don't play with God. <laughs> God knows how to humble the proud. The Bible says, while the word was in his mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O King Nebuchadnezzar, is thee it, it is spoken. To thee it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you. So he developed amnesia because he kept forgetting the God who gave him all this stuff. He thought he did it all by himself. So my prayer is that we don't forget that God is the one who has revealed through the power of the Holy Spirit all that we have and all that we will ever have. And we should seek him for everything. Daniel 5, question 5. Don't forget your father's teaching. Daniel 5 is where we see the king sees the hand of God writing on the wall. And again, nobody can interpret. Oh my goodness, this seems to be a family trait. When you go to the doctors, uh, whatever disease you have, if it's chronic, the doctor will ask you, did your parents have this disease? Did your grandparent have this disease? There are some things that can be chronic and, uh, um, and hereditary. In this situation, we see the hand of God right on the wall. And I'll tell you why. This particular king in Daniel 5, he took the vessels of the house of God and him and his wives and his concubines were drinking through them. And like, um, who taught us Daniel 5? I think it was Derek. But um, uh, uh, yeah, anyway, so what we see is God, God wasn't too pleased with that. And he, he, he basically cuts him off that very night, that very night. So let's not forget our father's teaching. Why do I think that in Daniel 5, it was about the father's teaching? If you read Daniel 5, 18 to 19, you will see where uh, Daniel has interpreted the dream. And then he says, O king, the most high God of Nebuchadnezzar, that thy father a kingdom, majesty, and glory and honor for the majesty that he gave him. All the people, nations, and languages feared him. Um, but he reminds him that you knew these things. Your father went through these things and he kind of repented before he died. But you too have developed amnesia. My prayer is that we don't develop amnesia as we're going along where God wants us to go. Um, question number six, do you have what it takes to possess an excellent spirit? Ask, these questions are designed to provoke our thoughts. We've been reading Daniel 1, we meet Monday, two hours here, Daniel 2. Let's not walk away from the book of Daniel the same way we came to the book of Daniel. There has to be a change, even a little, little tiny one. But my prayer is that through every chapter, we can add a change, add a change, because God wants us to grow so that we can bear much more fruit. We should be bearing 10 times more fruit than we were in Daniel. Daniel 1 by now. So when I'm asking these questions, I'm asking them to you and I'm also asking them to myself. We can't be saying, oh yeah, Daniel and his mates, they were 10 times better, and it ends there. No, I want my friends to be 10 times better because we hang around the same group in Bible study. When they go out to work, they should be able to say, oh, that Nancy, she's not like any other nurse. She is, whoo, 
10 times better. When they say, wow, the way Zangi bakes her cakes, my goodness, yummy, 10 times better. And it's funny how, um, <laughs> this may sound funny, but you reading the word of God, the Bible says, this is me being serious now. I actually feel this very strongly that um, the Bible says that God's word is sharper than a two-edged sword. So in whatever area of your life you wish to be 10 times better, you literally can, you can, you can and you will. Because God's word is never going to fall on deaf ears and produce something. So I pray that our ears become is that you know when we're reading this stuff it has an impact we can apply it to our lives that's why i'm asking these questions that's why i'm not quick to go to daniel 10 because i don't want us to forget the lessons that we have learned in previous chapters so the sixth question i have which is taken from what we learned in daniel 6 do you have what it takes to possess an excellent spirit do i have what it takes to possess an excellent spirit. Let me throw a question out. I've got a video for this one, but I want to get people's thoughts. What do you think it takes to get to have an excellent spirit? Um, I want people I haven't heard from. Um, right, Zangi, can you unmute your mic and tell me what you what you think it takes to have an excellent spirit? But don't be too long. Just a second, please. And also, Conde, if you guys can tell me, tell us, share with us your thoughts. What do you think it takes to have an excellent spirit? Um, I think what it takes to have an excellent spirit is um, commitment and focus on whatever we are doing. Yes, honey, you better. I love that <laughs> movement and focus. Yes. Oh, I love that. Somehow that made my heart leap for joy. All of a sudden, I feel like Elizabeth carrying John the Baptist as Mary walks over and the baby inside of me. But <laughs> that's another thought for another day. I promise you I'm not pregnant. Uh, Nkonde, what do you say? Yeah. I think it takes discipline to have an excellent spirit. I'd also add on obedience because I've been reading the Bible and God really emphasizes, you know, obedience. So I'm going to tell you guys, those are so good. So there was commitment, there was focus, discipline, and what? Obedience. Obedience, yes. Ooh, ah, this is so good. Can I just say something? Make a note, make a note. After Bible study, I would really love to hear from everybody else in the WhatsApp group. Let's get, let's get crazy. Even now, if you can, just type spirit of excellence and type dot, dot, those two dots, the ones that sit on top of each other, semicolon, whatever you want to call them. Type your word or two words, whatever it is that takes the spirit of excellence. Just type spirit of excellence and put your words. Um, if you can do it now or later, that's fine. Anyway, don't do it now because I'm going to play a video that you need to watch and just listen to what this man has to say. I found this and actually what um, Zangi and Conde have shared is really uh, the essence of what he's also saying. So where is that video? I see in you signs of an emerging warrior. No, then that's we're done with Uncle John Paul. We want this one here. All right, listen to this, guys. 
if we're not careful, we, just like that generation, the Bible said that everybody bowed down but Daniel. He would not bow down. Sorry, I want it to stop from somewhere uh, there. Okay. If we're not careful, oh, okay. we, just like that generation, the Bible said that everybody bowed down but Daniel. He would not bow down when he heard the sound of the music. If we're not careful, music can have a powerful influence on our lives for the negative. If you're listening to music that disconnects you from God, if you notice that when the music played, then you had to bow down. And Daniel said, I'm not going to let the music of this culture cause me to disconnect from my worship to God and start worshiping idols. I can't help but believe that some of the most filthy music that's being put out with profanity, with pornography, it's musical pornography. I don't understand how Christians, particularly young people, think that they can listen to that, pour that into their spirit hour after hour, day after day, week after week, pouring profanity, pouring musical pornography and filth into your spirit and not think that it won't disconnect you from God. Something as seemingly innocent as rhythm and, and raps and songs and lyrics can absolutely cause you to bow down to idols and disconnect from God. It matters what we listen to. What we listen to matters. The enemy is thrilled when he can manipulate your thinking. When he can cause you to break your relationship with God. And just as Daniel had to make a decision in a secular culture, he was away from his mother, away from his father, away from his pastor, away from everybody, and he had to make a decision. I know everybody here listens to it. I know everybody responds to this music, but I have a higher call. I must stay committed and connected to my God no matter where I am. I don't just praise him in youth group. I don't just praise him when I go to church around church folks. I am who I am in the college dorm. I am who I am wherever I go, and nothing is going to be more powerful in my life than Jesus Christ. Christ, I worship him. I don't worship the idols of this world, especially the music. Come on and clap your hands. I'm preaching the truth. I'm preaching the truth. So we have to be committed to the, the spirit of excellence doesn't come cheap, as we can hear from uh, Mr. Franklin over there. And like Nkonde and Zangi said, it's going to take a bit of commitment, discipline, discipline to say, I'm not going to listen to all this crazy stuff, but I will discipline myself and listen to what God has to say. My sheep hear my voice and the voice of another, they don't follow. So it's, it's no wonder, you know, how oh, you wake up with a song in your head. Maybe you went to bed thinking about it. Um, 
so there we go for a spirit of excellence if anyone is interested in keeping the spirit of excellence in everything that you do there's a goal that i've set in my mind and actually with the thirsty bible study group we have a group called the master's mind the master's mind is a group of people who have set goals for themselves based off of their prayer requests but they're putting action into it so we're holding each other accountable that takes discipline i'm gonna do this on a monday i'm gonna do this on a wednesday and it's so good to see people growing together people when when you fail to do something you acknowledge oh sorry i can't do this because of xyz that takes commitment it takes discipline so if we're going to have the spirit of excellence if we're going to read the book of daniel and walk away and think yeah um uh you know because the bible says on that final day judgment day some will be on the left some will be the right the ones who will be on the right god will say well done you faithful servant those are people who managed to keep the spirit of excellence those are the people who had five talents and uh each of the talents they managed to bear more fruit not come back and say well i hid the one because you reap where you don't so my friend where should you get your confidence from to speak to god like that God has given us everything that we need. Everything that each one of us need is on the inside of us. It really, really is. It's about asking God, show me how I can now birth this thing that you have given me. Uh, and he will. Daniel 7, the question is, do you need an upgrade? Every system needs an upgrade. My laptop right now has reached its max. I need a new one. Apple's telling me, sorry, ma'am, we cannot upgrade your system any further. It has reached its max. This is the most it can handle. If you want higher systems, you need to buy a new one because my laptop is from 2009, but I'm going to use it until I use it. But our spirit needs an upgrade. Before we started looking at the book of Daniel at Thirsty, we were reading the book of Ruth. And before that, we have a manual that when God allows me to go back to it, we will go back to it. But that script, that manual that we use is called Searching the Scriptures. And in Searching the Scriptures, there is a, um, a lesson that we studied talking about the different level of foods that we eat as children of God. Are we eating, are we drinking milk or have we progressed to mashed potato or have we progressed to meat uh, or tough meat? That's for people who are going to be spiritually mature. But every one of us starts somewhere. Doesn't matter if you're drinking milk today, tomorrow you might be on mashed potato. Let's just all grow. We all need a system upgrade. In Daniel 7, the system upgrade I, I saw was when Daniel in previous chapters from 1 to chapter 6 he used to just be the one interpreting 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 dreams but this time God allows him to be the dreamer and also receive interpretation while he's in his dream there are times when I've had dreams and I'm asking questions in my dream and I can hear the interpretation being given and it's so amazing and regardless of uh, which system upgrade you need god is your system upgrade that's what i'm trying to say it doesn't necessarily have to do with dreams but 
Think about the area that you feel you really need an upgrade, what, whatever it is. Maybe it's in your joy or how you think. Our mentality sometimes, I, I feel that for some, for some of us actually, the way we think may need an upgrade. The Bible says, renew your mind. If you don't start renewing your mind, you're going to run into quite a few problems. You, you're going to run into quite a few problems. So that's for both you and I. I'm not saying I'm, I've already arrived. God, I have to renew my mind every single day. I have to tell myself, girl, you can do this. Come on. So wherever you are the best judge for your life right now, you and God, you and the Holy Spirit can work together in partnership and say, Holy Spirit, where do I need an upgrade? And he will show you right there, right there, right there, right there. And he won't just show you and be like, "Mm -hmm, you need an upgrade. Let's see how you get on with that. He will show you, you you need an upgrade and he will show you what you need to do. And I can prove that to you because Daniel 7, Sarah, Sarah, can you go to Jeremiah 33 verse 3? Just real quick. I'm conscious of time. Go to Jeremiah 33 and 3 and read it after the one that I'm going to read now. This is what will happen. So I want to stress this point right here. Father God, in fact, let me pray through it. Lord Jesus, every single one of us who are gathered on Bible study today, do one thing for us, Holy Spirit reveal to us where it is that we need an upgrade any area of our lives where we need a system upgrade where we have been running on a previous upgrade and a previous system operation father i pray that you would reveal to every individual this week god as long as they are willing to listen reveal where it is that we need a system upgrade in jesus name because you see guys the problem with 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 running on an old system the bible says you can't put new wine in old skin because it's going to break so the problem with running on an old system and yet you have a new prayer request is god is like "Eh, the equation is imbalanced baby girl the equation is imbalanced baby boy i can't give you what you're asking i want to but you're running on an old system so we need to be able to upgrade daniel never stayed just the dream interpreter his gifting was to be able to also have dreams of his own so that god could give him the interpretation in his dream yours might be different seek god actually we've already prayed through it just be sensitive to the holy spirit he will guide you where you need your upgrade because if you're running on an old system you just won't be able to do it Daniel 7 and 1, the Bible says, in the first year of Belshazzar, the Babylon, the uh, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and the vision of the head, the vision of his head upon his bed. So you see, he's now starting to dream. So he wakes up and the Bible says, then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matter, which is why I always keep a notepad by my book, by my uh, bedside. But anyway, that's just for me. Um, verse 16, he says, I came near into one of them that stood by. So this is Daniel. He's still in a dream. 
So he says, he came nearby, the one who stood by him, and he asked him the truth of all this. So he told me and made me know the interpretation of this thing. So like Nancy was saying, be careful churches that say, oh, your brother running with you with a knife. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. No, Daniel asked the man in his dream, which is the angel. Now, we might not have an angel in the dream, but the point is, if you wake up and you write it down, ask this. This is your guide ask this and you know go to john paul the guy i showed you i'll post the videos in whatsapp you can actually see and don't believe everything people say i could tell you something and you check it out in the word of god and it's like no sister Twila, you are way off you have to work out your own salvation and with fear and trembling go in the word of god and screen it sarah what does jeremiah 33 and 3 say says call to me and i will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. It doesn't say Twila will show you great and mighty things. It doesn't say Sarah will. It says God himself, he will show you. So let us make sure that we get our system upgraded. Let's not run on the old system because that's not working. 2020 is a year of prosperity and progress actually progress of the inner man not the prosperity messages we've been hearing so that when things come around we have been ready and prepared from the inside to dominate to to you know yeah system upgrade um daniel 8 the question is even though you've had an upgrade do you know your place daniel knew his place which is why he inquired from that angel that I read from, he didn't go off saying, well, I am Daniel. You remember, uh, what's his name? Nebuchadnezzar was talking about, isn't it me who's built this kingdom? God will humble you real quick. But Daniel, even though he had the gift of dream interpretation, he still went to stand near the man who was standing with him in the dream and asked him so that he could be shown all of those things that he needed to know. I think I did say I had a... Uh, a video but i think i'm safe to am i safe holy spirit to skip this reasons no this is quite important because actually it ties in with some of the things that nancy spoke about being careful uh about some churches and uh, you know dream interpretation and going into uh all types of i've heard a lot of christians pray these types of prayers i i want to play this i'm not going to skip but you know we might go slightly over time but that's okay uh how long is this it's about four minutes listen to this this is quite important know your place know your place just because we are children of god doesn't mean we have to overstep the borders listen to this and if you can take notes please do i want to talk just for a moment about five reasons why we're not to engage spiritual beings in heavenly places as far as doing spiritual warfare commanding, telling what to do, really trying to rule over, etc. The first one is really, well, they're all really clear, but the first one is that Jesus himself never did. Matthew 6, the disciples asked Jesus, they simply clearly said, teach us how to pray. Now, if there was ever an opportunity for Jesus to talk about spiritual rulers in high places that were, that were to come against, that are not flesh and blood, this would be a place to do it. 
this right here is a perfect opportunity for Jesus to say, guess what, guys? The Roman Empire is full of demons of perversion in the second heavens and demons of, of greed and demons of ambition and all kinds of dark forces are up there. And here's how you do it. You come after those dark forces and that'll take care of them. Jesus didn't once say that. In fact, he said the exact opposite. When he said, they said, teach us how to pray, Jesus said, in essence, don't address heavenly beings, address God. Address God, our Father, who art in heaven. In fact, if you take a look at that prayer in Matthew 6, it's toward the very end of the prayer that even talks about evil. Everything prior to that is about addressing God and addressing God for the sake of others and addressing God for our sake, but has nothing to do with evil until the very last thing and deliver us from the evil one. So we've really got to put this in perspective. And he didn't say, come against the evil one. He said, ask God to deliver you from the evil one. Okay. The second one right here, the Bible warns us not to, not to slander celestial dignitaries. I like the way the NIV says that. And Jude, we're not to slander celestial dignitaries. We don't know what we're doing. We're, we're talking about things we don't know of if we do that very type of thing. Because there are authority structures that have been set up. God did not take away the, the gift that God gave to Satan and his minions. What God did do is he gives us authority on earth. But he, remember, he reserves authority in the heavens for himself. The third reason is that the earth he has given to the sons of men. Again, Psalms 115, 16, the heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, meaning first heaven is ours, but the earth is given to the sons of men, but second heaven and third heaven belong to the Lord. When we leave the first heaven, we tread in the area that the Lord has reserved for himself. He is the one who will send Satan to the pit. He is the one that sends the angels that followed him out of heaven to the pit, to the pit that was made for them. He's the one that does not We don't do that. He does that. Okay, so the fourth reason is the power to tread on serpents and scorpions. Guess where serpents and scorpions are? They're on the ground, right where we live. And true, they're a metaphor for witchcraft. They're a metaphor for demonic attack. And that's why we know we are to command demons to come out of people. We are to take people through deliverance. We are to, we are to remove that when they attack individual people. But we are not to go into the heavens to do that. So the final one is we are commanded not to judge angels. We have to understand that, that we, the writer of Hebrews says, have been made a little lower than the angels. How can we tell angels what to do if we are made a little lower than the angels? So you see, the time for us to judge and rule angels actually is going to come in the heavens. It's just not now. It has nothing to do with fearing powers and principalities that are up there. It has everything to do with fearing God and the authority structure of the kingdom that he has set up. This is a fundamental truth necessary to understand the mystery of spiritual warfare and our place in it. Any thoughts with that before we look at the last question and enter into our study for tonight? Any, any thoughts, questions, um, objections, additions? Just one or two. 
it's it's good learning to know where we are in the hierarchy of things and yes. um i like i like the way i i've learned to say uh, uh, the the, uh, the lord's prayer directs everything to yes. god so everything has yes. to we, we need to focus on god yes yeah. yeah i love that and actually just to add to that the lord's prayer in daniel 9 we see how daniel was repenting inonge took us through that with uh, the repentant heart even john paul says it here where you know it it doesn't say we are the ones who are going against or after these celestial beings or whatever we are actually saying god is the one who's going there so we have to know our place i think there's a culture in the church and christianity where we are just you know even i'm guilty of it so this is kind of helping me upgrade my prayer system because there's some prayers that god won't answer because they're like mm, it's it's not in alignment with his word and with what you've just said Wupe, i remember when gabriel showed up to someone and he said my name is gabriel i stand in the presence of god and um Auntie P and Uncle uh, and Rev, when they taught us Daniel 4, they spoke about angels and how they, you know, all these prayers about I'm sending my angel to go and do this. I've been guilty of praying those prayers. So I'm not just saying, um, you know, uh, and it, but, you know, like Sarah said, lack of knowledge, those things can kill you. What you don't know will kill you. But now we know we can upgrade our system. We can start doing things right. That's why we're going through the book of Daniel. When the Gabriel showed up. He said, I, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. So he comes to echo to us what God is saying. Even in Daniel 8, 16, uh, Daniel says, and I heard a man's voice between the banks of uh, Uleah, which called and said, Gabriel, make this man to understand the vision. This is Daniel, the one who interprets all these visions. And yet this one, he can't do it. So Gabriel has to come and help him. So we have to know our place. And perhaps some of our prayers haven't really been answered. Oh, die, die, die. <laughs> but what, what exactly, where did Jesus say that in the Lord's Prayer, like Wupe said? So I'm posing those questions, not to make fun of... Uh, uh, you know, John Paul has just mentioned about understanding spiritual warfare, because when we start to step into zones that God hasn't given us dominion and authority, his word says that let us make man in our image so they can have dominion and power where? On the earth to trample over scorpions. So when we start stepping out of those boundaries, that's where we lose it. The devil said to God, oh yeah, I was just twiddling my thumbs, going to and fro. God says, have you considered my servant Job? Oh no, I can't touch him, I can't touch him. Why? Because there's an edge of protection. If you stay in the edge of protection where God has given you authority, you're good. But once that edge is taken off, you are left exposed to the enemy's disposal, basically. So let's know our place, even as we read Daniel. Daniel knew his place. There were some visions that were too hard even for him to interpret. He needed Gabriel to come and help him out. Last question before we get into Daniel 10. I just had a clarification. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I think I, I, I did get that revelation not to address you know, um, forces in the heavenlies. But then um, Ephesians 6 verse 12, uh -huh. I don't know how we can relate that to uh, what, what John Paul says. 
for we struggle not against flesh and blood, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Okay, so the answer, yeah. to, that, the answer to that question, I'll tell you real quick. Daniel 10. Uh, yeah. Is it okay, so I'm going to read from the God's Word translation. Let me yeah. see what King James says just for the... Oh, I need to pause something that is playing in the background. Excuse me for one moment, though. All right, here we go. So, wrestling against principalities and blah, blah, blah. Daniel, uh, Daniel was praying, okay? Daniel was praying. That's what we're going to head into very shortly. So, I'm so glad you've asked that question because I think it ushers us into that really nicely. Daniel was praying. And who was the one who was fighting for him? Wasn't it the angel? Michael. Michael. Yes, exactly. But it wasn't him engaging in that fight. He's, the, the boundaries were prayer. The boundaries were, was Daniel releasing the words into the atmosphere and those words reached heaven and God sends an answer in response to what Daniel's praying. So what John Paul is saying is, we are not to be the ones who are going into that realm to say, I'm bringing this, I'm, I'm doing this. It's, it's the, 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 the center of the prayer should be at, aimed at God. Like Wupe was saying in the Lord's Prayer, and like John Paul was saying, when the disciples said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. If the, if the emphasis should be about going into those zones, to physically engage in, uh, you know, wrestling against these principalities, then Jesus would have said that. But it's mm. in the latter part of the prayer that he actually says uh, uh, that he addresses God to be the one to engage on those fights on our behalf, pretty much like the template we see in Daniel. So our role is really to, to pray and aim the word unto our heavenly father. There's a video that I've cut out that might have shown it better. I'll send it in the group later. But it's, it's we wrestle against flesh and blood, not physically engaging ourselves. Our wrestle is in prayer. And let God, who is the spiritual being and in charge of the third heavens and the second heavens and everything else, be the one to, you know, either release the angels or do the fighting himself. But as for you and I, our dominion is on earth. So I believe Ephesians, when it's talking about us wrestling with flesh and blood, we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. A spiritual warfare, when you engage in spiritual warfare, we just need to, we need to, maybe we need to do a study and an in-depth study, but I am, I am one, I'm, I'm 100% convinced that that scripture, how we've interpreted it oftentimes in the church or when we quote it, it doesn't, it's not trying to say what we think it's trying to say. What it's trying mm. to say to us is the template that Daniel has laid here. Three weeks, the guy's praying. And actually, he doesn't even know that there's a war going on. He only gets to know about because, um, because the angel tells him, look, from the day you opened your mouth, 
I was, the answer was released, but there was a fight, there was a war in the atmosphere. But the problem is we want to ride on Ephesians and go and fight the war. We're not equipped for that. We are just not equipped for that. I will read Daniel 10. I don't know if that answers your question. Does it? Yeah. Or yes, it does. It does. Yeah. Okay. So now question number nine, and uh, I'm going to have half an hour remaining. I really want to keep to time to teach through Daniel 10. So help me, Jesus. Daniel 9, the last question I have for us is improving our prayer life. So I'm so grateful. Uh, it was in Conde, right? That asked about Ephesians. Yeah. 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 I recognize your voice. <laughs> I couldn't see when the name came up. But anyway, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you asked that. And that's a really, really good question. I didn't actually think about it. Um, and and the word of God, I don't want to skip. I'll, I'll, I'll save it for Daniel 10. So improving our prayer life. In Daniel 9, Inonge took us through how we have to have a repentant heart. And he go, it, it goes through the... Um, how Daniel prayed. First of all, he started weeping and crying to God, reminding him that, Lord, we have sinned. We've done this sin. We've done that sin. It wasn't a passive, um, forgive us, Lord, we have sinned. Amen. We're going to bed. No, he went through every account of sin that they did. And which is why I think that when we come to the presence of God, that humility, that humbleness before God, give me husband, give me wife, give me money, give me money, give me car, give me house. Like, uh, that's why the first question was, what is in your heart? Because God is looking at the heart. He's like, I don't even think you're ready for this car. I don't even, you're just going to wreck it. I don't think you're ready for this money because our heart isn't in the right place. But when our heart is in the right place, we have an improved prayer life. Our prayer life and the focus really changes. Our prayer life will reflect the heart of God, which is why I love the disciples' question, Jesus, teach us how to pray because he then teaches them how to pray. And actually in response to... Um, your question, Conde, about we wrestle not against flesh and blood. The Bible talks about how the Holy Spirit, we don't know what to pray. There's a level in prayer, right, where you get to and you don't even know what to say. And the Holy Spirit's take over with the groaning and the tongues. And I believe that's him now entering the zone that you can't enter, even in prayer. I don't know if that makes sense. So he's wrestling on your behalf. He's the spirit within you that arises and now begins to pray beyond what you can pray. Uh, and therefore we see a release because otherwise we will end up like the ones who were like casting out demons in the name of Jesus. And the demon said, Paul and Silas, I know. What are you doing in this zone? You're not allowed here. The same way that Jesus entered the zone and the two demons the demons that were in the two men who were very vicious, nobody walked down that road. They said, what have you come to do? You've come to torment us. So these spiritual beings know when you're entering their zone. They also know that when they enter your zone, you have authority. So we just need to know our place and improve our prayer life. I want to play you a last video by one of my spiritual 
fathers, I like to call him my spiritual father, he doesn't even know it. This man has really blessed my heart. He's the one who taught me about praying the names of God. I think I'm going to teach him that one day if the Holy Spirit will let me or bring someone who's more qualified to teach us about praying the names of God in uh, scripture because it's so powerful. So I'm going to play you the last video. This is really talking about uh, uh, prayer. So please listen very attentively because what he has to say is, is actually really good. And I think it answers some of our, our questions. Then we'll go into Daniel uh, 10 before we finish. So. With other people is our inability to get along with ourselves. You see, for many of us, the problem of us getting along with other people is our inability to get along with ourselves. Everything visible and physical is preceded by something invisible and spiritual. The consequences we are dealing with in our lives, in our homes, in our culture, we are dealing with them because there is a gap between where God is and where we are. He wants to know that you want him and not just want his stuff. See, a lot of folk go to church to get God's stuff, but who don't want the God who gives it. So if you're in distress, don't let that drive you away, draw you near. When you get close and want to live for him, want to please him, want to honor him, want to exalt him, want to draw near to him, then heaven opens up and he lets you find him. He lets you find him. It is normal for us to conclude our prayers with in Jesus's name. And yet for many of us, when we conclude our prayers that way, we just canceled out our request because of Hi, I'm Brad Callen. And in this video, I'm gonna show you how anyone can easily create doodle just it was forgery it was an illegitimate use of his name yet it is the most important phrase in a prayer when you conclude your prayer in Jesus's names it determines whether you get what you ask for or whether you don't Jesus makes um, astounding statement he says when you ask for anything in my name you will receive it yet we all can testify that we've used the name and not got what we asked for well, what I want us to look at today is whether we've been using it legally or illegally because the use of the name and its legitimacy or lack thereof will determine whether we get what we pray for if we pray at all. So I want to look at three things. Because if you grab what I share with you today, you will see prayers answered like you've never seen them before. You'll see kingdom authority leave eternity and come in the time, leave heaven and come down to earth, leave the infinite and join the finite because we will have made contact with eternity.
Now, the first thing we've got to answer is, what is this concept? What is this principle of in my name? What does that even mean? To understand that, we have to understand a little bit of theology here. God has already determined that what he does in history on earth where you and I live, he will do by means of Jesus Christ. That's why 1 Timothy 2.5 says, there is one mediator, one in-between person, between God and man, and that is the man, Christ Jesus. Hebrews chapter 7, verses 24 and 25, says that Jesus ever lives to be the intercession, interconnection point between us and God. The Bible says he mediates or brings to bear the promises of God. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6. So the word of God, the ways of God, are mediated or transferred by and through the person of Jesus Christ. When we talk about his name, we're not talking about his nomenclature alone. We're talking about the person who stands behind the name. So when you talk about in the name of Jesus, you need to know the Jesus whose name you just used. It can't just be the word. It has to be the authorized use of the person whose name you just called. In other words, just because you authorize don't mean you can do your thing. I have authorized you to do my thing for my good on my behalf, so you best get my okay. If you go out there on your own, I'll find another power of attorney. What he was saying is, I will give you... So does that help with our prayer life that when we are praying and we end with in the name of Jesus, we are basically at the same time canceling out our prayer if what we've asked for is not in alignment with what he's saying. I found that really powerful when he said that. I never thought of it that way. So this is why some of our prayers may be pending. Now, some of them, they may be a war in the atmosphere and therefore it's going to take some time for the angel to fight for us, but it's not our role to go into those places and start fighting. Some of us may be praying about stuff that God is saying, well, I don't really have that in my plans for you, at least not now, or maybe maybe it's coming, just wait, whatever it is. But it's interesting to know that behind that name, actually on uh, Saturday, we had a prayer session that uh, we were just praying for one of our sisters. And, um, and, and in that session, we learned how the name of Jesus, there is authority in that name. And they, the name of Jesus, there is actually, he is a person. So behind that name is a person who has a character, who has, you know, a way of doing things, his things. So when we pray in the name of Jesus, God, give me a car in your name, I pray. What's the car for? He's watching your heart. He's watching, are you disciplined? What is really in your heart? Do you know? know your place 
as you are asking for all of these things. All those questions that I was asking you prior, whose side are you on? When I give you the car, are you going to be walking around boasting? Whose side are you on? Will you give me glory? What's in your heart for the things that you're asking me for? Uh, you know, what, what you know, will it kill you? If you know somebody needs a lift and you try and pretend, well, I don't really need all the questions that we've asked it throughout today's study are really leading to Daniel chapter 10. So in Daniel chapter 10, the title for today with about 20 minutes to go, so help me God, the title is he has come because of your words. The Bible says that in, um, you know, uh, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, which is why we started off the session with examining our hearts. What's in my heart? Because what is in your heart is what you will pray in the name of Jesus. What you, what's in your heart, like the video was saying, is the center of your desires. It's the center of your thought process. So when, when what you speak out of your mouth, um, it, it will attract God and it will attract God to come in two ways. One way could be, there's a scripture, uh, I don't know if I wrote it down. There's a scripture that talks about, I, I did to them as I heard them speak. And that was God frustrated at the Israelites. Uh, so he comes down at them and says, you know what? I heard you say those things and it will be done to you as I heard you speak. All of you, there will be corpses. You will not enter the promised land. Only Joshua and Caleb will enter. Why? It's because they kept saying, oh, Moses, look, oh, you brought us from Egypt. You brought us into the desert to come and die. You want us to die? You want us to die? They spoke death over their lives. So God was like, okay, you want to die? Die. Only Joshua and Caleb will enter. Why? Because they've spoken right. So your words are so powerful. And immediately when I was reading Daniel 10, it wasn't even a question. I was like, this is it. This is what we have to speak about. Because in Daniel 10, the Bible says, then said he unto me, fear not Daniel. In the flyer, if you noticed, I put insert your name there. So if you're on this Bible study today, insert your name right there where the scripture is saying, Daniel, if your name is Kaluvi, put your name there. If your name's Twila, put your name there. If your name is Nancy, put your name there. Then he said unto me, Twila, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart, we're back at question Question one, the day you set in your heart to understand, to chasten yourself before the Lord, to chasten can sometimes mean to humble, to humble yourself before the Lord, thy words were heard and I am come to thee because of thy words. Ooh, that's so powerful. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to pray into this that may every single one of us gathered on this call, now that we know what it means, the power of our words, we knew it before, but we didn't know it like we know it now. I pray, Jesus, that you would fix our heart. Our heart is what is the problem, not our mouth. Our mouth only speaks what's the abundance of our heart. So, God, I pray that our words will move you and say, I have not seen such faith in Israel because our lips will speak the goodness of God. You know, when, uh, Moses, uh, when Aaron, um, in Jesus' name, when um, Miriam and Aaron, 
Yes, Miriam and Aaron were having a private conversation about their brother's wife. They were like, oh no, she, I'm paraphrasing. She was like, no, she, Moses shouldn't have married that woman. No, 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 no. They were back chatting. Moses wasn't even there. But because of their words about their sister-in-law, guess what? The Bible says God came and he was telling them, I am not happy with you guys. The same thing happened with Job's friends. Job was like, look guys, I haven't done anything wrong. God has just seen it fit for me to go through this process. They were like, ah, oh, you can't be more wiser than God, all this kind of stuff. And God was so mad with how they were speaking, like they have all this wisdom. He shows up to Eliphaz and says, look, I'm not happy with you and your two friends. You need to go and beg for forgiveness from, uh, from Job. So our words, ladies and gentlemen, are so powerful. I want to encourage you that even on the day that you feel low, you feel like God has forgotten you, try not to say anything that is negative, not out of fear, but out of relationship. Get to know how powerful your words are. By saying, try not to say something negative, what I mean by that is, yes, go in the presence of God. Be honest. God, I feel like this thing is taking too long. I've been praying about it for so long. Oh God, I feel like I'm running low on funds all the time, but God, I need you to come through. Oh God, my mom, my family, this, this, Whatever your situation is, by all means, God loves honesty. That's why he invites us, come, come, come into my presence with thanksgiving. You know, come, let us reason together. Present your case before the Lord. God, I work so hard. I can't see the money. I don't know what's going on. I need your help. Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. God will help you. Be honest with God. But if things aren't going right, just watch your words because God is coming for you because of your words. He's coming for you because of your words. Don't let him come for you because of your words being negative. Let him come because of your words being that he is a good father and a good God. Um, I have to run through it real quick. I'm not even sure if we'll have time to read through the whole thing, but I can read pretty fast. I want to share the thoughts that I had. In, in Numbers 14 and 28, this is just a scripture that's giving witness to what we're talking about. Um, oh yes, that was it. Numbers 14, 28. This is the one where God says, so tell them as surely as I live. That's God speaking. And when God starts a statement with as surely as I live, my friend, you are, you are just done. Just, you are finished because he lives. He's eternal. <laughs> So whatever's coming after as sure as I live means that's your portion. So I really wouldn't want to be at the end of this as sure as I live. He says, I will do to you the very thing I heard you say. That's in the NIV. So they all died in the desert. They never entered the promised land. Only Caleb and... Um, <laughs> yes, okay, I hear you. Um, yes, we can maybe think about that. That's a good idea. Uh, but uh, we might need to backtrack because I've already got someone speaking next week. Anyway, Wupe was just messaging saying, um, uh, yes, thank you for that reminder. Wupe was just messaging to say maybe Daniel 10 next week, but we'll see how it goes. Um, so going back to the thought, Numbers 14, 28, God said, I'm going to do what you guys have been saying. So our words are powerful, ladies and gentlemen. Now, uh, 
He is coming to those who called him, not those who haven't been calling him. Daniel 10 and verse 4. I want to read that. Um, Daniel 10 and verse 4. Let me read through the whole verse scripture. Daniel chapter 10. The Bible says in Cyrus, uh, third year as king of Persia, I'm reading again from the mm, God's word translation. In Cyrus, third year of, as, king Persia, as king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, who had been named Belshazzar. The message was true. It was about a great war. Daniel understood the message because he was given insights during the vision. During those days, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks, whole weeks. I didn't eat anything good taking food, no meat or wine entered my mouth. I didn't wash my, myself until the entire three weeks were over. So basically he was fasting. On the 24th day of the first month, it was by the, I was by the great uh, Tigris River. Some of you might have a version that calls the river Hidakel. Hidakel in Hebrew means rapid. It's actually a river that stems from the Garden of Eden. So he was standing by there in this vision. So when he woke up, he says, I saw a man dressed in linen and he had a belt made from gold, uh, with gold from Euphes around his waist. His body was like barrels. His face looked like lightning. He, his eyes were like flaming torches. His arms and legs looked like polished bronze. When he spoke, his voice sounded like the roar of a crowd. Daniel was the only one who saw the vision. The men with me didn't see the vision yet. They, they started to tremble violently and they quickly hid themselves. As I read through, I'm gonna share the last thoughts. Please bear with me. I might run over by 10 or 15 minutes, but I don't think we'll be able to carry on Daniel 10 next week because the speaker for Daniel 11 is already scheduled and it won't make sense for us to skip and scap. So I'm gonna have to just borrow 10, 15 minutes of your time and that will be it. So I'll talk through the thoughts. So as you can see in Daniel 10 and 7, he says, I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. The men with me didn't see the vision, yet they started to tremble violently and they quickly hid themselves. The time you will hide yourself from the Lord's presence is when you have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Going back to Genesis chapter 1, God says, oh, I uh, Genesis, somewhere in Genesis, uh, God says to Adam, Adam, where are you? What's he doing with his wife? They're hiding. They're playing hide and seek. Why? They've eaten the forbidden fruit. Daniel is the only one who saw the vision. He stayed there. Uh, Nkonde and Zangi had mentioned an excellent spirit is going to take us what? To be focused, to be uh, committed, to be disciplined, to stay on track. So Daniel was the only one who managed to see the vision. He didn't go and run and hide. God is coming for your words. But he, those who are not ready, they will run. Those who are ready for his presence, they will stay. So he's coming for those who have called him. Uh, Exodus 20 and 18. Um, probably going to have a bit more time to read that. Exodus, what did I say? 2018. 
the Bible says, all the people heard the thunder and saw the lightning. They heard the blast of the ram's horns and saw the mountains covered with smoke. So they shook with fear and stood at a distance. These are the Israelites. So then they said to Moses, you speak to us, we will listen, but don't let Elohim speak to us, we will die. So when you're not ready for the presence of God, you run away. You want to send Moses to go and hear on your behalf. Let's have a system upgrade. Remember the question we had? Do you need a system upgrade? Stop relying on your spiritual father, spiritual mother, whatever you want to call them, mentors, blah, blah, blah. Thank God for their lives. I'm not trying to undermine them in our lives. They're so important. That's why we are where we are. But God wants a personal relationship with us where we don't have to run and hide each time he shows up we must be able to daniel trembled but he still stayed in the presence and the angel strengthened him so that he could hear what god had to say so please let's have a system upgrade where we don't have to run and hide because we're naked because we don't we're not ready for the word there were 10 uh, virgins the bible says they each had a lamp five had the, the the oil the other five didn't when the bridegroom who is jesus came the ones who had the oil went with him the other ones had to go and run to go and find the oil let's not run out of oil stay in the presence be ready be ready be ready because jesus is coming soon god will send an answer to your prayers this is an encouragement to myself who's been praying for a few things for a while and for you guys if you've been praying for a few things for a while listen god will send an answer your way perhaps ephesians is in action the one they asked about they might be a war my bible the god's word translation daniel chapter 10 verse 1 remember Conde, i said to you i'll save it for later this is the version that i want to emphasize it says in cyrus's third year as king of persia a message was revealed to daniel in brackets daniel who was named belshazzar the message was true it was about a great war so there may be a great war that may be resisting your answers from coming but keep praying keep praying keep praying because god is so faithful that that answer will come hallelujah thank you jesus glory be to your name that answer will come Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jehovah. The answer, Lord, I thank you that whatever needs are represented on this Bible study, Lord Jesus, because you are the one, Father, I thank you. I just feel a peace. I feel a peace. Father God, um, I wonder, just take a moment just to quickly speak in the atmosphere. Whatever you've been praying for, take a moment, upgrade your system, go into that space of faith and just begin to decree and declare that you will wait upon the Lord to bring you that answer, whatever it may be. Father, I thank you that, Lord, the things that I have been seeking you for, God, shall come to pass. Like Daniel, God, you will answer my prayer in Jesus' name. It's very important that I go through the scriptures that I wrote in relation to that. So I'm going to hand some scriptures out. Please, when I mention them, just open it and get ready to read. Now, Nancy, could you read James chapter 5 and 16? Nancy, James chapter 5 and 16. Uh, when I finish talking, the, the names and the orders that I, I call you out, please just go ahead. Don't wait for me. Just go ahead and read it. So Nancy, James 5 and 16. Sarah, is Sarah still on? 
I don't know who's on, but Sarah, could you read Jeremiah 29 and 12? Jeremiah 29 and 12. And uh, Zangi, could you read Daniel? No, I'll read Daniel because I'm right here. Daniel 10 and 14, I believe it is. Yeah, anyway, I'll read Daniel. Yeah, and, um, and Zangi, 2 Chronicles 7, 14. We need to read those scriptures because they're talking about God will send an answer to your prayer. So once again, Sarah, uh, anyway, you know your scriptures. The last one was Zangi, 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. So Nancy, go. Sorry, so James, James 5, um, 16 states, confess to one another, therefore your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sin, and pray also for one another that you may be healed and restored to the spiritual tone of mind and heart. The earnest um, prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available dynamic in its working what version is that girlfriend oh that's um <laughs> joyce mayer amplified version like prayer is just you know yeah and then i felt that yeah <laughs> joyce yeah. I think I need that Bible in my oh, life. Oh, you guys need it. It's amazing. The Everyday Prayer um, Life Bible. Okay. Uh, at the end of this, I'm going to share the resources, the videos that I used in today's study. So, Nancy, please send a screenshot in the WhatsApp group so that people, yes. we, we're growing so we can get these resources. That's amazing. So the last part I wanted to pay attention to was the prayers of a righteous man. So if our words, if God is coming for our words, God will send an answer to your prayers. As long as you're a righteous man, even after three weeks, God will still do it. What was the dynamic part, Nancy? Can you read that part again, the last part? Okay, it says dynamic in its working. The earnest heartfelt prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available dynamic in its working oh it goes back to the heart you see the righteous person's heart yeah i need that bible in my life okay who's next who's reading the next one is it jeremiah 29 12 yeah it says then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and i will listen to you read that again please ma then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and i will listen to you Amen. that's amazing that, we're talking about god will answer nancy can you look up look up jeremiah 29 12 in your dynamic bible please uh, um, <laughs> because we're talking about god will answer prayers we were at the weekend when we were praying uh on one of our uh, prayers we discovered that elijah um elijah was saying to the other prophets of baal call your god maybe he's at the toilet relieving himself maybe he's gone shopping or maybe he's sleeping he needs to be awakened but elijah's prayer literally took father god 
da, 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 and God answered by fire. So listen, if our heart is in the right place, if we're praying in the name of Jesus, knowing that there's a man behind that name and what we're praying is in alignment with his word and his will, there will be an answer that will be released. Nancy, what does Jeremiah 29, 12 say in your Bible? I don't know if she's still there. Okay, who's reading? Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm reading. I'm here. Yeah, go for it. What does it Sorry, say? Jeremiah um, 29 verse 12. Yes, yep. please. Yeah. It says, then you will call upon me and I will come and pray. Uh, then you will call upon me and you will come and pray to me and I will hear and heed you. Wow, amazing. Daniel 10, verse 11. I can't read my own writing, Jesus. I think it's 14. Uh, what does it say? Anyway, I'm going to read it. It says, I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the last day because the vision is about times still to come. So God comes, uh, sorry, the angel came to explain. Uh, things of the future. You see, God still will come. Second Chronicles seven fourteen. Who's reading that? Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles seven fourteen reads: If they pray yeah. to me and repent and turn away from the evil they have been doing, then I will hear them in heaven, forgive their sins, and make their land prosperous again. What Zangi just read, which part of the question do people think? The questions that we had at the beginning, what is it addressing? Which part of us is it addressing? Which part should we fix for that to happen? The heart. Any takers? Thank you. Woo! Yes. 100 yeah. points for, that was Sarah, wasn't it? Yeah. It's definitely the heart. Everything that we can you see how the heart is so important? So please let's search our hearts even before we go to bed. If you're angry with someone, fix your heart today because you're not getting a system upgrade if you don't fix your heart. And those prayers, mm -mm, the enemy will go in the presence of God and say, Actually, she's mad at that person, and God will be like, His hands are tied. So uh, we're doing good for time, actually. It's just got nine o'clock and I haven't got that much left to share with you all. So I, the, the only other uh, flip side of the coin I wanted to share are these last thoughts before we close. And we've got to pray for Ben before we go. So if I try and end this before I, I uh, say the prayer, so please remind me. The last few thoughts I have about Daniel 10 and forgive me if it feels like I've rushed through it. I just needed to just release um, what I was studying. So it says, um, I wrote here, being in a place that, it, okay, so this is now, we're bringing it close to home with where we are. Because we've read Daniel, we've asked questions, we've watched videos. But let's now look at it for ourselves as we are closing, as we wind down. 
those questions that I asked in the beginning, please, they are for thought-provoking. They are to help us ask these questions, to meditate, to say, God, where do I need an upgrade? Have I got what it takes to have the spirit of excellence? But if we find that the answers to all of these are no, 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 that's okay. We're starting somewhere and we're looking at ourselves objectively. And the next question will be, Holy Spirit, help me. And he's faithful to help us. And where we're doing well, he will say, well done, I want you to keep going and bring more fruit. So now, when if we find ourselves in a place that we are trembling and we don't quite understand what's going on, because Daniel, as Holy Ghost-filled as he was, as talented and gifted as he was interpreting dreams, he still found himself in a place where he was trembling, didn't understand the vision, didn't understand what was going on. Um, that is an opportunity for us to seek God, to seek a visitation from God and expect a, a visitation from God. And it will happen because it did happen to Daniel. Um, he says in Daniel 10, 18, again, the person who looked like a human being touched me and I became stronger. Actually, if I back it up for a bit, uh, 16, he says, then someone who looked like a human touched my lips, opened my mouth, and I began to talk. I said to the person standing in front of me, sir, because of this vision, pain has overwhelmed me. Sometimes, I mean, the vision he's talking about is the vision that he had, the dream. But uh, those who've been attending the 5 a.m. prayers, when we're reading about the vision that those people who went to spy the land in Numbers 13, they were all exposed. All the tribes of Judah, of Israel, were exposed to the same thing and yet only two men Caleb and Joshua spoke what was right everybody else was talking about no we can't overtake but God has said I will give you this land so there are some times that life presents a scenario or situation that frightens us we don't even know what to do how to think what to say and we're in this place of weakness we're trembling we don't understand how to deal with it. That's an opportunity to invite God because then you've come to the end of self. You've come to the end of what you can do and you're just like, God, you, I'm, I'm expecting you to come through for me right now. Your presence, your presence, and he will come through. He will remember the title today. The message is that he is coming because of your words because of your words. So when we experience those times or whatever you're facing in life, if it's not uh, in your favor, just remember he will come because of what your words. Being in a place of weak, weak, weakness or brokenness while in his presence brings angelic attendance. So um, uh, Daniel was feeling weak, but yet he was in his presence. Remember, they, he was the only one who saw the vision. Everybody else ran away. So they had no covering. But when we are weak and we stay in the confinements of the presence of God, God will send an answer right there. You don't need to go anywhere. God will send the answer right there. He, the Bible says the angels of the Lord encamp around those that 
fear him. The angels of the Lord encamp around those that fear him. When I was studying to prepare for the session today and watching all these videos and asking the Holy Spirit, is this appropriate? Is this not? There were some videos that he was just like, eh, eh. There was, uh, I went out, I had to take the rubbish out and it was late at night and I'd seen this video where the angels, God had, uh, you know, thrown Lucifer out and he put the cherubims at the door and I was praying for the first time. I was like, God, may you surround my house with angels at, at the front door. And it was almost like instantly, I was like, wow, the scripture, he, the angels of the Lord encamp around those that fear him. It, it all, it, it made sense. So it, when we experience weakness or brokenness, let's stay in the presence of God. Let's not be like the others who run away because we're not ready to handle the presence of God. Let's stay in the presence of God. What if the vision causes you pain? Daniel said, this vision caused me pain. Ask the Lord. Remember, the Holy Spirit is the revealer of all hidden things, all hidden secrets. So let him reveal the meaning that is in the dream uh, and he will still come for your words. I just had a word of encouragement uh, to end our study today and I'm not even sure how we've managed to get through it but God is so faithful because <laughs> I had so many notes I was like God I don't know how quickly I need to speak but I hope um, we've learned something. What I, what I was hearing yesterday when I was preparing is that God wants us to know that we we have to be, be strong, be strong. You are highly respected and loved. This was the greeting that Gabriel gave to Daniel. He said to him, he said to him, I need to find it. Nancy, get ready to find it in your Bible because I really love what your Bible says. I want to find the part. If anyone finds it before me, please let me know. The part where Daniel is greeted by the angel and he says, you are well respected. I've come for your words. Where is that? Verse 18, I wrote down. Is that right? Yes, yes, yes. So Daniel 10 verse 18. Nancy, uh, who, who else has a different Bible version? If you have a different Bible version, let's read the those two i've only got two things to say before we pray and go so bear with me daniel chapter 10 verse 18 my bible in the god's word translation actually i want to read i'll read two versions uh daniel 10 18 in the king james which is my favorite actually sarah are you still there yep i'm here Sarah loves King James. Could you read that, please, King James? Then I'll read my version. Then Nancy, I need you to read that one. Whoever's got NIV, could you read NIV? So we'll just read from those four versions. Daniel chapter 10, verse 18. Okay, so the New King James Version says, Then again, the one having the likeness of a man touched me and strengthened me. And 19? 19 says... And you said, a man, all man greatly beloved, fear not, peace be to you. Be strong, yes, be strong. So when you spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, let my word speak, for you have strengthened me. 
So do you see what's going on there? It, uh, Daniel is being strengthened. He's being encouraged to be strong, be strong. And I feel that that's what the Holy Spirit is saying to all of us in this season. Some of us may be in a season. Some of us may be in a season. Some of us may be in moving from one season to another but the the lord is saying uh um you know be strong be strong and as he is saying this to us his words are strengthening us but what is happening daniel is still in this confinement of the presence of the lord um so in the God's words translation, the, the Bible says, again, the person who looked like, a, no, I want 19 actually. So when you read, please just read Daniel 10 and 19. So it says, where is 19? He said, don't be afraid. You are highly respected. Everything is all right. Be strong, be strong. Nancy, what does your version say? So mine says, and he said, O man, greatly beloved, fear not, peace be to you. Be strong, yes, be strong. And when he had spoken to me, I was strengthened and said, let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. Amen, amen, amen. That sounds like the uh, kingdom. Okay, yeah. who's got NIV yeah. version? Finally, anyone? Nobody's got uh, NIV version. I do have NIV. Sorry. Okay, go for it, Leo. Okay. Um, the Bible reads. Um, should I start from eighteen or nineteen? Just 19, just 19. 19, the Bible says, do not be afraid. You are highly esteemed. Then he said, peace, be strong. Be strong now, be strong. When he spoke to me, I was strengthened. And he said, speak my Lord, since you have given me strength. So it actually Yes, it actually, thank you. It actually shows that he said, speak my Lord for thou hast strengthened me. It takes strength to hear what God is saying to us. Finally, before we pray. Um, yes, God wants us to walk away from this knowing that he's coming because of our words. And while we wait for him to come because of our words, may we be strong let us not fear let us have peace um let us have peace let us keep someone wants to say something sorry i just wanted to say something i have these life points on my bible and it's just been looking at me like i feel like i should share it it just reads very short it says the lord sees not only what you are right now but also what you can become he knows the plans he has for you. And according to Jeremiah 29 verse 11, they are good plans for progress and success, not defeat and failure. Let me encourage you to give God everything about yourself. He will be patient with you as he works with good plans in you. Yes. 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 
that is powerful and in the background there what you hear is baby daniel <laughs> we're reading about you <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> thank you for sharing that so so yes god is working on uh, on uh, he's working things out for our good let's be strong no matter where you are be strong be courageous you are highly respected highly loved in the presence of god his strength will be made perfect in you don't leave the presence of god whatever you do don't leave if you can keep standing in the presence of god he will perfect everything that concerns you i wrote here that your weakness is a magnetic polar attraction to God's strength. What that means is your negative attracts positive is what they say when you put your batteries in the remote control or, you know, the, the negative polar part attracts the positive. So our, our, our weakness in the presence of God says, God, I've come to the end of myself. And these are my words, come to me. Jeremiah 33 and 3, we've already read, when you call upon me, I will answer. If my people humble themselves, uh, you know, turn from their wicked ways, I, I will hear them and heal their land. The last thing I want to mention on this topic is know this, in the midst of a heated battle, God will release angelic help to bring you an answer. In the midst of a heated battle, God will release angelic help to bring you and I an answer. In the midst of a heated battle, God will release angelic help to bring you and I an answer because he is coming for our words. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to your name. Well, my hope and prayer is that you have learned something from the book of Daniel 10. And like I said, if you'd like to see the visual side of things, i.e. watch the videos that I referred to in this teaching, then head over to our YouTube channel, Thirsty Bible Group, and look out for the Daniel 10 video, which will have all the videos that we referenced in this teaching. But for now, stay tuned and look out for Daniel 11, which is split in two parts and was taught by Mrs. Margaret and Tally Flynn. And you don't want to miss Daniel 12, where um, we basically conclude the book of Daniel. But thank you for watching and thank you for listening. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Bye for now.